Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions students want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirujit Shamal, and each episode, I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities, what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For this episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our Career View website who are interested in sound production. Today, we're joined by 28-year-old sound specialist, Mishna Nagda, who specializes in post-production sound for both film and television. And she's essentially responsible for creating the entire soundscape of a production. Now, before realizing sound production was her true calling, Mishna considered a number of different career options during her early years of school, even at one point considering mechanical engineering as one. Her story is very interesting, so let's get into it. Okay, Mishnah, it is so great to have you here today and uh, how's everything going? Oh, thank you for having me and yep, everything's going good so far, right now anyways. <laughs> Excellent, no, really good to hear and yeah. you know, before we get into our questions that we uh, mm-hmm. asked by students, uh, first thing I want to ask you, what is a sound specialist? Yeah. Okay, well, well, sound specialist can actually mean a whole broad range of, range of things like... Um, in the industry that I work in, in the film industry that I work in, it's basically everything that you hear on a film. So that's the sound recording, the sound mixing, the sound effects, um, sound design, which is like putting all these cool like sound samples together and creating this amazing like soundscape or effect, you know. Um, so it's just, uh, sound especially is just a broad name to include all of these little departments and um, it's just... Uh, in film anyways, and and it could also mean you do a bit of music and stuff, but um, yeah, right now I would say for myself, sound specialist is just because I do everything in film, um, in film audio post-production, but um, if you were to do, if you were to actually Google um, film audio, it, it would be under different departments, so there's like re-recording artist, sound designer, Foley artist, um, you have dialogue editor, there's all these bunch of different, so sound specialist is just a broad thing to just include all of those departments. Very broad to say the least. Yeah. And <laughs> so you can tap into any of those specific areas within the sound specialist kind of... Um, Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Like when you, um, when you go down the line when you want to specialise, yeah, you could choose, but you always start off with doing everything. Everything at first, <laughs> at yeah. At first, yeah. You have to learn everything. That, exactly, you yeah. have to, yeah. Um, Jumping into our questions, Mishna, that were asked by students. The first question that we have for you is, what does a normal day look like for you? Um, you've touched the fact that you work in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? Uh, well, so right now I'm at a full-time job with a production company. So what that includes is basically kind of your nine-to-five job, but it re- it's really more flexible than that. You can you just have to do your like 38-hour week. It's do, it depends how you do that. You have these tasks to do and projects to complete. So you have a timeline and um, you need to follow through with that, um, deliver those projects and stuff. So like say my Monday morning, I'd go in, I see what's due, what I have to do, and I reply to emails first thing, then get onto my projects, allocate time to each project, and then try to clock in maybe eight hours and like clock out when I have to, try to keep discipline in that way. You know. So 
How many different projects are you working, let's say, at the same time? At the same time. Usually it's like two to three projects at the same time. I try not to load myself with more than that. And also my like managers and bosses try not to load me with more than two to three projects at the same time. It's just not um, ideal. Like mm. You want to deliver quality exactly. content. So yeah. yeah, and yeah. working in sound, you need to be very yeah. attentive to detail oh, and absolutely. really understanding the specifics mm. around that. Really interesting. Um, next question that we have for you, Mishnah, is after high school, what pathways did you consider to become a certified sound specialist? Well, my pathway is actually quite um, roller coaster, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, not a roller coaster. What's the right word? It's like um, a squiggly line. It was not a straightforward line at all. I, uh, I initially thought... Um, Okay, so in high school, I I thought I was going to be a mechanical engineer, and I did subjects according to that, like math and physics and all of that. And um, I realized that I did not have the capacity to understand those concepts, no matter how hard I tried. And my real passion, oh, at that time I was really into photography and music. And music, I was like, oh, I'm like music's just going to be a passion. It's never just I'm not going to make a career out of it. Something I do on the side. Um, so when I finished high school, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? And the only good, the only subject I excelled at was like really, or even I was happy about was photography. So that's when I went to Curtin and I did photography. I did a year of it and I realized I'm not, I've learned everything in high school and I'm not really getting that drive for it. I kind of almost lost my passion for it when I went into uni to study it further because there's nothing more to do. You just had Mm. to express your art. Yeah. And um, I did an elective, and I know one thing I always wanted to do was I love movies as well. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I'll just do an elective in film and see what that's like. And I decided, and I fell in love with film. And then um, I decided, okay, so next year I'm going <laughs> to drop photography and I'm going to go into film production, film and TV production. And then as I went through like a year of it, I'm like, I really, really still want to pursue my music. And I want to learn more about like audio and stuff, like especially audio post-production. But that time mm-hmm. I was thinking about music at that time. And I love movies and how can I incorporate both the things together? And I was learning more about film production and I got into the world of audio post-production. And I'm like, yep, that's it. That's what I want to do. I mean, from mechanical engineer. <laughs> I didn't I know mean, what I was thinking. They're two separate worlds. You know, they're two separate worlds. Yeah. And it just goes to show that you were always passionate about something. Mm. And you tried a few things, mm. but then you found you finally found your way. Mm. At what age did you find your way? And then how did you know really specifically at that point that mm. was going to be the reason why you did it? Okay, Um it was third year of uni, so which was 2015, so it was, I don't know how old I was, uh, 21? 21? Yeah, I had a major, uh, it was called a major project, it was our final project, and I decided to do my, my role was going to be the sound specialist, sound designer, mm. whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and as I did that, and um, that was my first full film project, and I absolutely loved every single part of it, and that's when I decided, yep, 2015, that was the... That was the year that I realized I wanted to be a sound. Um, I want to work in film audio, basically. Fantastic, you yeah. know. And um, that's such an incredible experience to where you, you tried something and then making a very clear decision in terms of moving forward on that. So mm, yeah. incredible to hear. Um, Mishnah, the next question that we have for yourself is, what subjects do I need to focus in high school to mm-hmm. become a sound specialist? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would say, obviously, like if you have a media... Um, course, uh, not course, media unit, 
um, then definitely go there because you'll learn a little bit about audio. You'll learn more about film and like all other forms of media, but I'm pretty sure you'll learn a bit about audio that way. And if you just want to know if you like that, I think music is secondly... I think probably music is your first, just to know if you like the audio theory, because it's not... I mean, it's not always about... Um, yeah, it's not always about music, but that can give you a little bit of a like a glimpse into what sound is, yeah. just sound. Just sound, yeah. Um, but then again, like unfortunately, I don't think high school really have subjects that really focus onto that. So I would say media and music. And then you can say, okay, I like film audio or I like music or like I want to make be a composer or something. Mm. If you like audio in general, that's mm. what I'm, I would say. And what can they do students outside the classroom? If it's limited mm. within their school, what can mm. they do outside? Is there anything they could join or is mm. there any kind of outlets for them to explore more into the world of being a sound specialist? Yeah, absolutely. I would say is um, it, there is a lot of uh, films, uh, indie films happening and they are happy to have volunteers to come on set and just experience or help out as an intern or yeah. whatever you, if you want to be, so if you want to be in sound, you'd probably be like an assistant boom operator or something, which a boom operator is basically someone who holds the mic up. So you probably want to be taught. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so or even just, you know, be a PA on, on set and you just learn a little bit about every other department on film. But PA, that's personal assistant. A personal assistant, sorry. And um, so that's if you want to go into film audio um as i would say um you should actually do i didn't have that experience because i didn't know that's what i was going to do but i've had i've worked with people on set who are students in high school and now they're set like they've built all that network and they slowly work on more and more jobs and this one they really know are you like um oh i don't like film audio i mean i like um directing or i mean Mm. i mean you could just or like camera work or something. But I would say if you want to get a bit more experience just to know what it's like, just go on a set and help out and just see what it's like. And that's when you really know if this is the kind of thing you want to do. And then talk to the sound recorders there, talk to the sound mixers there, and then you might get more information. If to, like They might uh, ask you to come along to their edit session and then you could probably just see what they're doing, what it's like. That might help it as well. Really great insights. And as you said, a lot of opportunities there, and it could be voluntary, mm. but... Nonetheless, very good exposure. And mm. speaking to people within the industry is always going to grow your network as well. That's the best way. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. No, so the next question we have for you, Mishnah, is what are the most important skills for the role of being a sound specialist? Um, one of the things is, which is what you say in every interview, but it really matters in this case, is attention to detail. Like, um, w- with sound, it's so particular. There's this amazing, like, there's this phrase that people say that if you have amateur like visual, you can you can um, forgive it by saying oh it's artistic. But if you have amateur sound, like sound doesn't sound good, like uh, that's just going to throw you off from your experience of watching a film. So it really has to be perfect, to the, perfect to the uh, well, perfect to the sense that you don't notice it as much, and that's when you know you've kind of done a good job. Mm-hmm. So I would say attention to detail is the most. Um, uh, important skill and the second thing is persistence because it's really going to test your tolerance in the sense of it's not a um, it's not a it's not an appreciated job because mm. you don't you don't people don't notice the importance of sound as much but when you do a good job that everyone knows okay yep yeah, that's because of sound that's it. like you can notice an amateur film to a professional film yeah. or even just an experience a good film to a like a bit of a um, 
okay-ish. Okay-ish film, yeah. Yeah, so I would say attention to detail, detail, persistence, and it's okay if you get knocked down and stuff, but if you really have the passion for it, keep going. These are really mm. two very important skills. And interestingly enough, sound mm. technician, it's maybe yeah. sometimes underappreciated, no. but the importance of it in mm. terms of a quality film, which yeah. is what everyone's end goal is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so heavy. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. When you get the job right, oh, it's just the best feeling. Best yeah. feeling. I could imagine. Um, next question that we have, Mishnah, for yourself is, how did you go about applying for jobs after completing your studies? Mm -hmm. And really, what was the process for you? What did you do? Okay. Yeah, um, well, so initially, um, I had to, like, you just had to find work on set. That's the best way to build your network because going straight into post-production is really difficult. There are companies there that offer internships and stuff, but you, there's a big demand for it. So to get in, it's kind of, it's really hard. Mm. But in Perth, what helped me was um, there are Facebook groups and they're all like uh, film and TV crew and cast. So if, whatever you want, if you want an actor, you could go into the cast Facebook group or yeah. the crew and they have listings and these listings would ask for just any sort of role that they need basically and that's how I started applying and then I, I got a few jobs. I, my first one was actually as a PA, personal assistant um, and then I met, made their contacts and then eventually I got another job from them and I told them that I want to be a into the audio side of film and then I was a boom operator and um, and just like that I've started applying to many jobs um, which which are all to be honest are volunteer jobs because um, the budgets uh, for a lot of indie films are very low so yeah. they can't always afford to pay you um, so if you but always ask if, if it's a possibility to pay you even for your time they, as much as they can help up please always ask always don't ask. Al don't always mm. um, work for free but mm. um, yes in initially first just to get your experience just volunteer your time yeah. any experience is good and you build your networks that way and that's basically how I got to where I am mm. is all through networks so all through people I know yeah because people want to work with people they worked with before yeah and that's when um, you know you've done a good job so you build those relationships from the get-go and you're going to see some you, you you'll succeed if you if you've had those good relationships to begin with and that's unfortunately Perth yes yes your skills matter that's obviously yeah. yes but just applying on seek for a job is I did apply and I, I got interviews for like channel 7 guru productions and all that but at the end of the day it's more like they would hire the people they know yeah you know, even though they interview all, a bunch of people. So. Absolutely. And yeah. you, you really touched upon the point that networking at the end of the day is what's going to be the deciding factor Absolutely. in Absolutely. terms of finding a job. And what you did mm -hmm. um, was go down the road of Facebook groups, yeah. you did the voluntary gigs, you mm -hmm. built your network there. Mm -hmm. So the, a lot of sacrifice that you need to make very early on yeah. in terms of doing those kind of uh, jobs mm -hmm. and really being active within yeah. the community. And that's when the persistence comes in, like where you sometimes you'll be like, how, how much? can I work for free and you know how far can I go and there is a level like that's there's this point where you know you're better than that and you know you need to call it out and he's like no you need to like I am worth more than just my free time but eventually that first few years you have to have be persistent and have that passion mm. to keep going mm. or else it is easy to lose your track and give up. So, Just another question on top of that, Mishnah. When you're building your network and you might be doing things voluntary and not getting paid as much, mm -hmm. how did you support yourself? Yeah, oh, well, I was a waitress for like five years. <laughs> but yeah, always I had a side job, um, part-time job, casual jobs, just to keep me going because you have to. And um, 
if and then when you do get a, a a job on set like that's when you and that's what was a good thing about a casual job I would say initially if you can afford to be on a casual job then um, that's easier than when you have to be called on set you can say no I'm not available mm. part-time and full-time is going to be quite difficult if you get a full-time part-time role in your in the industry you want to work in well and good then why are you looking for like jobs and stuff exactly but, um, yeah no, but initially I would say start off with a casual job casual on the job. side. If it can go more, if you're way better than I am, <laughs> to be honest. And you were a waitress. Did you do anything yeah. else? Did you? I worked in a warehouse for um, uh, for two years. It was probably the best job of my life, to be honest, because it kept me like physical. It kept me active, and you just leave my like I do my work, go in, go out, and I can focus on my own thing. I don't have to bring my work home and stuff. So that was. Another thing I would say, if, if you think that um, maybe find a job where you can leave it at work sort of a thing mm. so that you don't have to bring it home and you're not stressed and so you could focus on things that you're really passionate, passionate about. Passionate about, yeah. yeah. Now, the next question that we have for yourself is, does your job pay well? It does now. <laughs> so <laughs> um, initially, yeah, it's very um, intermittent work because as a freelance um you it's when films come and stuff so you know you have your sporadic moments and then you're relying on your second job to pay the bills and stuff so um it starts up a bit rough mm. um and but as you build as you build your way it, it you can sustain a living on it like i at the moment have got a full-time job in it um and i'm comfortable right now mm. and there's obviously as it gets um as you get more experience you, it's you're gonna obviously get a better pay and stuff and you're always going to increase your your, your salary your yeah, salary maybe if you're yeah. a full-time job <laughs> and just for for, <laughs> a, for those uh, interested in pursuing <laughs> this career role what is that kind of salary range <laughs> looking at um, when you're starting off when you're starting and when yeah. and where you can go to yeah uh, when you're starting off it's around 50k um, and if you that's a full-time job but if you're doing like freelance intermittent stuff I would say around if you if you calculate all the income that you got I think it's around 30k um, it's around probably, I would say, like $500 per day on set uh, for mm. like a 10-hour day and a half a day. would be That's like your base. So base at 500 for, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like for a good um, good enough play, uh, job. Yeah. Right. And then how does it scale up? If you, mm. Do you have any insights on how does your salary mm. um, really scale up over the years? Is it just mm. reflective of experience, obviously? Absolutely, But yeah. to what extent does it really kind of shoot up mm. or does it stay stagnant? Um, so usually it depends what job you do. So like if you, obviously as you get more experience, you've got more under your belt, you're definitely going to get those better jobs. You're not going to go for the, like the intermediate, not intermediate level, but like the starting entry job sort of thing so yeah it does increase as you, as you get like say start working with bigger companies and stuff you, uh, you will get paid more significantly um but when you're starting with indie projects it would be around um it depends on your experience but uh, yeah I, I, I would say depends on their budget most of the time yeah but you, you with experience under your belt you will get paid more get that's paid for more. sure plain yeah. and simple uh next question that we have for you mishnah is did you have a backup plan? I did not. <laughs> so for a while, I um, I, I think I was a little bit um, like I had a bit of faith that I'm, I'm that I'm I will get somewhere eventually. But then um, I think it was uh, last year actually uh, before I got my full time role. I d- was planning on quitting 
like this industry and I was like I'm going to try and find something because I was having trouble finding work for a while especially with covid and stuff and um it yeah it really I was at my bottom at one point and I was actually also happy that's the when I was also working at the warehouse mm. and I was really happy working there I'm like maybe I'll just keep doing this yeah. um so y- that's the only time when I really thought I needed to figure out something else to do um so no but this whole time no I did not have a backup plan the fact that you at one point considered quitting and you yeah. found something that you enjoyed mm. at the warehouse but mm. you still persisted and yeah. something came about really well and I'm, mm. I'm presuming you're very happy where you are today oh very very happy I'm very grateful to like, my bosses <laughs> to giving me this opportunity and I'm glad they um have uh, faith in me and to keep me on so um, yeah I'm really really happy right now <laughs> great to hear on that Mishnah last question that we have for yourself is quite a personal one uh, like all of them have been mm. but <laughs> this one a bit more and the question is how far do you believe you can progress in the role mm. and what is your aspiration what is the dream for you one day uh, really I want to be a sound designer which is basically um, you you create these immersive soundscapes for like yours, you know, all the films that you see, those massive blockbuster films like uh, Dune and all of those films. And I would would love to be part of like a sound team for one of those major films, especially because you really get to stretch out what you can do, your creative process, and you know, creating sounds that do not exist in this world at, at the end of the day. Wow, that's. Yeah. That's what a sound designer does, mm. and that's what I want to do. So, which I still do in my role right now, but it's to a limited extent. So, mm-hmm. ideally, I want to get to the extent where you're working on those massive films, mm. where you really get to push the boundaries and really get to express your creativity. Um, so, my yeah, my end goal is to be a sound designer, like yeah, as my main as your main thing, and maybe even yeah. walking on the red carpet one day with that. <laughs> red carpet, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully have an Oscar-winning film, maybe. Why That'd not? be great. Yeah. Why not? Dream Obvi- big. Yeah, obviously that's the goal. Yeah. Thank you. And that wraps up really all our questions that we had for you today. Uh, you. For, our, for our listeners who had more questions for Mishna that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. This is where you'll find Mishna's profile and you can email her with more questions and I'm sure she'll be very happy to answer them. Absolutely. And with every episode, please don't forget to submit your questions that you want to know especially to asking young industry professionals who've been there, they've done that, and they've seen it all, like Mishnah. One thing that I finally wanted to end off with is you've expressed that the film industry and your journey in becoming a sound specialist has been, to say the least, a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. And for our listeners out there, is there any advice you can give them on how to prepare for this journey and how to prepare for this industry. Okay. Um, this industry has a lot of expectations um, and everyone expects you to know your your stuff. Um, and so I would say do your homework, do the research, have something to go to and offer them, have that knowledge to go in when you go to a job. You want to show them that you, you know uh, your work, you know what you do. Another thing I would say is... Uh, this is a very people-involved job. Like you're constantly working with all sorts of personalities, and one way you'll really make it in this industry is if you have a good relationship with them. But 
please just be nice and you will see that you start to people will start to help you out more you'll start to learn more you start to get more opportunities that way because at the end of the day someone has two same sets of skills mm. you always hire the person who has a nicer personality has a, a bit of a it's just being good to people at the end of the day don't you want everyone else to be good to you so but in this industry it really matters because you're always getting hired for who you are your personality and also your skills Really appreciate the honesty, Mishnah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much.